0: All right. Everybody have a seat, please. Welcome. Good morning. I'm Kevin. I'm one of the elders here at Grace Church. For you guys that are online, welcome. We, we're glad to see you guys here as well joining us. Please um, bow with me in a moment of prayer real quick. Lord, I ask that you would um, soften our hearts to hear the words you have for us. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me uh, the words that you've already given me. Lord, I ask that you would take away any distractions that might take us from, away from hearing your word. Because Lord, we know that Your Word is powerful, it is strong, it is sharper than a two-edged sword, and that it can pierce in, into into our hearts and into our lives, Lord. So please just help us to be ready to hear what You have for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so let me. We are in our second message in our biblical harvest uh, series. The first message was given last week by Pastor, I'm sorry, by Elder Barry Goodson. I used to call him Pastor, but he's Elder Barry Goodson. Where he shared Psalm 100 which is rejoicing in the Lord. My message today will be entitled, Sowing the Word in Order to Reap the Eternal Harvest. Because we're in the harvest season, it's exciting for me to be preaching on this message. So before I jump in and, and read too many scriptures, I want to share a little bit about the harvest. When I think of November, of course, I think of cooler weather. I think of nice wearing sweatshirts and sweaters. Come on, guys. It's fun. Pumpkins. How about leaves changing colors? Isn't it beautiful out there the last few weeks just seeing those leaves changing the way God did them? And, of course, we have Thanksgiving coming in a couple weeks. I think back to the pilgrims, of course, when they had their first Thanksgiving in 1621, where they gave thanks to God for the harvest that he had provided for them. So this time of year is really exciting for me. Now, many people don't understand and realize that in the Old Testament, there was a feast that they used to have for Thanksgiving when they brought in the ingathering, And I'm going to read from that in Exodus 23:14 through 16. It says, three times a year you shall celebrate a feast of, to me. You shall observe the, un, the feast of unleavened bread for seven days. You are to eat unleavened bread as I commanded you at the appointed time in the month Abib, for in it you came out of Egypt. And none shall appear before me empty-handed. Also you shall observe the feast of the harvest of the firstfruits of your labors, from when you sow in the field. Also, and this is the last one, the feast of in-gathering. You shall, at the end of the year, when you gather in your fruit of your labors from the field, you are to celebrate. Now, they celebrate it in different ways than we do nowadays. And even today, we have people all around the world who still celebrate harvest parties. And it's not just the harvest party like we have. They're really celebrating how God provided all that food for them throughout the year. So again, during the New Testament time, that was a big deal too, um, because... That was an uh, agrarian society where they grew things, and they understood about bringing in the harvest. And Jesus' messages, when he talked to them a lot of times, was about things they would understand. He would share parables with them about things that they knew about. And that's where I'm going to go in my message today in just a few minutes. But first of all, I want to talk about some of the things that happened during the harvest, because we don't really deal with that kind of thing nowadays in our lives. We know that farmers... And those who raise crops understand what goes on with the harvest. They take and plant these seeds in the ground in spring, and they have to wait and wait and wait and wait and have faith that God is going to bring that seed to fruition, that there will be a harvest, that there will be food for them, there will be fruit, and there will be all these things. So I'm going to jump into my message now, um, and I'd like you guys, if you could, grab your Bibles, because I'm going to be reading from Matthew 13, verses 3 through 8, and then I'm going to jump down to verses eight through 18 through 23. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll take a drink while I'm waiting for you guys. All right, so starting in Matthew 13, verse 3, and he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path 3 through 3.18 and following, Jesus is going to explain this parable to them because, again, he talked to people in ways that some didn't understand. So he went to his his, uh, disciples and said, Here's the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another, 60, and another, 30. So, some very important things about these verses. Number one, all of these people heard the word. That means somebody shared the word with them. The first one we know, he didn't... When I say he, I'm going to use he as generic, did not receive that word at all. They heard the word, and they didn't even respond. They just said, yeah, that's not for me, you know, whatever. The next two actually did receive the word, okay, and, and three, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to go to three. The next three actually received the word, but only two did not produce fruit. That's the one that fell on the rocky ground and the one that fell among the thorns. So the cares of this world overtook them. Now, does that mean they weren't saved? No, not necessarily, because they received the word. They understood. But the last one, he or she is the one who heard the word, and they produced fruit. Now, what, is, what does that fruit mean? What does that fruit look like? That means that person actually took what they heard and they went and shared it with others around them. They said, hey, come hear about Jesus. Come talk to me about Jesus. There's something you need to hear about and something I've got to talk to you about. So one of the people that I think about as being one who had a big harvest, Billy Graham. Somebody shared with Billy Graham and he took what he learned and what he heard and he took it around the world. He shared with presidents, he shared with... uh, Groups of people, tens, 20, 30,000 in an auditorium or stadiums or whatever. So he was one that actually did that. So my question is, how do we, like farmers, prepare the soil to be the good soil in those who we're sharing the gospel with? So turn, and you don't need to turn with me because I'm going to read these. But the first thing we do is through prayer. Okay, We have to prepare the soil by praying first. And 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4, says, Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, there's a couple of things I want to share from here real quick, because we've got a big thing coming up uh, Tuesday, I believe it is, where we've got this election coming up. And I'm not going to get, get political, but we need to pray for those who are in authority over us, who are going to be in authority over us, just as well as praying for those who we're going to talk to about Jesus. So first thing we do is we, we do it through prayer. Next thing we do is our witness, okay? And in Matthew 5, 16... It says, let your, shine, uh, sorry, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So it's how we are. It's who we are. It's how we act. Do we act like the world or do we act like we know Jesus? Next one up is Philippians 1.27. Philippians 1.27 says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Our testimony is very important. Or, sorry, our witness is very important, Sorry. Next up, okay, so ask yourself questions. Do I reflect Jesus to others around me? Do they look at me and say, Kevin, there's something different about you. What is it? Do they see anything different? Or are we just living like the world? Because if we're living like the world, what kind of witness do we have for Jesus? We don't really have one. And it's, it's very unfortunate that in a lot of churches nowadays, the divorce rate is pretty close to exactly the same as the divorce rate out in the world. We can't live like that as believers. We have to show them something different. We can also do what I call is um, sharing God talk. When things are going on and people say, hey, how are you doing? You go to the grocery store. How are you doing, sir? Oh, man, I'm blessed beyond measure. You can just throw out something just that quick. God's been very good to me this week. You can share God talk with them without going into the gospel necessarily, but there are times when you'll need to. Next up is... um, Our testimony, and this is the big one for me. I believe, and I've been taught that each person should have a testimony of, and I'll and I'll jump through these who we were before we we received forgiveness of sins, who we were. We should be able to tell people this is some this is who I was. Next up, we should be able to say how we came to receive forgiveness of our sins. Last, how our lives has changed since we were forgiven of our sins. So I'm going to do something that. We don't normally that I don't normally do, but I'm going to actually share my testimony with you guys because I want you to hear what a testimony looks like and what it sounds like. And it's me. It's personally me, so I know about these things. So I'll tell you, I didn't grow up in a family where God was acknowledged. So with this in mind, I lived my life as if it were mine and for my pleasure only. I would not believe in something I could not see, touch, feel, or hear. I bought into the evolution lie that was being taught in schools, and because of that, I believed that I came into existence by chance. With that in mind, I felt like I could do anything I wanted to because what's the consequences? I'm going to live, I'm going to die, it's all over. That's what I thought. I was living my life in a very, very, very self-destructive lifestyle and I was destructive to others as well. But then, and this is, comes to point to, how I came to receive forgiveness of sins, this is when my life began to change. I got involved in a business venture with a couple There was something way different about them that I never had seen in somebody before. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted what they had. Okay, so this is, they were letting their light shine, and they hadn't even shared a Bible verse with me at all yet. Um, I didn't know, so like I said, I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted it. I observed them for months. They gave to others desiring nothing in return, but here's where the change happens. I went to a business conference, and on a Sunday morning, a regular guy like you or I, or gal like you or I, got up and started talking about Jesus. They started sharing about how he came to earth and was born as a a baby, how he paid the penalty for our sins, how he rose again the third day, how he was without sin, all these things that I hadn't really heard, but I had heard them said, if that makes sense, okay? I wasn't ready to hear it when I had heard it through my life. Um, So when I heard that, I was like, wow, this is really real. But I thought, you know... I'm not really ready for that yet. This is just not me. I need more information. I need to have more clear, clearness of this message that I heard because it wasn't real in my life. I didn't have anything to go with it to, to, to measure against. So I kept meeting with this, this, this couple and others, and they were really loving unconditionally. They loved me without any, asking anything in return. They never came to me and said, Hey, Kevin, you ready to, 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 to accept that Jesus yet? They didn't do that. They took me to another conference, in, a, uh, in three months later, and I heard a different fellow talk up about this message, about Jesus. And boy, was I ready that time, because of what happened, the seed that was planted, I mean, the, the soil was prepared for me in advance. And literally, now this was in a stadium with probably 10 or 15, 20,000 people, and he did an altar call, and he said, if you guys want to receive Jesus, come on down and, he, and receive forgiveness for sins. And I literally felt like somebody pushed me out of my seat from behind and said, go get this taken care of. I know what that is now. I knew that was the Holy Spirit saying, Kevin, get up, do this. You have what you need to have now. So I heard that message. And from that day on, I knew I was forgiven. I knew that a burden had been lifted off of my life. I didn't have to bear all the stuff that I was carrying for all those years. Now, let me back up real quick. This was when I was 29 years old. So, none of you in here knew me back then and before then. So, you wouldn't have seen a change, but God did a change immediately in me. I lost some language because I stopped saying the words I used to say. I stopped doing other things that I was doing that were not good things to do because God got a hold of my heart. So, in Matthew 11:28 through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That was me that day. I understood, and I was like, wow, this is just incredible. And I wanted all people to hear that. So, since that day, my desire has cha- changed from living for myself to desiring to live my life for Jesus and to serve others. My life has changed in many ways. I know now that I have a purpose in life, and that purpose, again, is to love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. Now, we all strive to do that each day that are here as believers, and obviously we fail some days. But the important thing is we get back up, and we go love them like Jesus loves, lo- loves each other. So that's my testimony. I think each person should have a testimony that can last I think I ran for about five minutes of testimony. Have something like that where you can tell people who you were, how you came to know Jesus, and what you are now. You should also have what they call an elevator elevator testimony where you've got about 35 seconds, maybe 50 seconds to tell them about Jesus. But you can get enough across because remember, our testimony is something nobody can refute. It belongs to me. They can't say, oh, well, you're reading from that Bible that was written by men and blah, 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 and all those things that they say. No, it's what I know happened in my life. So let's get to sowing the word, which is, again, my main part of my message. Sowing the word. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. They have to hear in order to get faith. Number two, um, excuse me. I think I went too far there. Oh, no, I didn't. Sorry. I don't have that slide. Um, then we look at Luke 10, too. He says, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray or beseech or beg the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. There, each one of us has the ability to go out and talk to others about Jesus if we will. So, A lot of people say, well, you know, Kevin, I don't really know how to do this thing that you call about sharing this gospel. Well, guess what? We've got several things that we've got going on here at church. We have evangelism explosion training. From what I understand, that's going to be an ongoing thing. We're going to be meeting every week uh, for at least for the next six months or so, save Christmas and Thanksgiving and so forth potentially. But you can go there and learn how to share the gospel. You can ask any of us elders. We'd be happy to help you to learn how to share your faith, to share the gospel. Last but not least, we have what we call gospel tracts. These are little things that if you can read, you can share the gospel with anybody there is. If they can read, you can share the gospel with them because you can ask them to read it. And this is really a cool story about our founding pastor, Pastor Thornley. Now, I believe it was Ed Gorham and I who went on a visit with Pastor Thornley once, and he had taught us about you know how to share the gospel and how to do all these things. But Pastor Thorne, when we got to this house, he pulls out of his coat pocket, because he always had one of these in his coat pocket, and he says, has anybody shown you from the Bible how you can know how you can spend eternity with God in heaven? And he took out this thing. And I said, but, but, but I, you, I, I learned all these other things, and this is all I have to do? And he said, yeah, it's that easy, because it's repeatable. Anybody can do this. So I'm going to just talk about, this is what's called the four spiritual laws. I know you guys can't see that, but I do have some out at the Welcome Center. But I just want to talk about how easy it is to teach somebody about the gospel. Law number one, God loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. He has a plan for each one of you. And then there are Bible verses that go with that. Number two, man is sinful and separated from God. Therefore, he cannot know and experience God's love, except for what's on the next page. Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. Through him, you can know and experience God's love and spend eternity with him. And last but not least, we must individually receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's not something your mom can do. It's not something your dad can do. Children that are here, adults and teens that are here, it's not something anybody else can do for you. It's something each one of us has to do for ourselves. And then it has some more things in here. But this is so easy. Anybody can do this, and that's what's exciting about it. So like I said, I've got about 10 or 12 of them out there. If you want one, pick them up. Now, something we have to understand is that not every person is ready to receive the gospel, just like I told you about me. I was not ready to receive it the first time. Somebody else came along and shared the gospel, and I was ready to receive it. So what I've heard, and this is a statistic I've heard for many years, is that it usually takes people five To seven touches with the gospel. Five to seven touches. Now, that can be sharing the gospel. That can be how you treat them. That can be saying, hey, I heard your mom's sick. Can I pray for your mom? Can I pray for you guys? People will almost always say, yes, please do. Even if they don't know the God of the Bible, even if they don't want to know God, they will say, well, if something can happen good from this, maybe it's at least worth trying. So, people will do that. So, Understand that it's not something that's super easy always for people. Now, I'm going to talk about it in a few minutes, but I'm going to share it right here. There are, there's a progression that people go through, and you never know where they're at in this progression of hearing the word, then having the testimony and so forth going on. Next up is watering the seed. Now, this is one that I threw in there, because farmers understand this. Without water, your seed's not going to grow. How can we do this in our lives and the lives of others? Well, we can show Jesus to people in every day and every way. Okay? Because, again, we don't know if they've heard the gospel here. We don't know if somebody shared their testimony with them. But we can certainly love them. We can certainly show Jesus to them in tangible ways. Excuse me. Next up is weeding. Okay? People who are farmers and people who grow stuff understand that you need to weed around your fruits or vegetables or trees or plants or what have you. So they understand that 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 needs to happen to keep the bad stuff out and to allow the good stuff to grow. So how can we do that? Again, this is something that that Kevin understands and thinks about. We can be weeding in the lives of others every day by always being ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. So we can take those weeds that they're hearing and say, have you heard about Jesus? Have you, how, Jesus has been working in my life. You can teach them and show them each day all these different things. <clears throat> um, so, yes, yeah, so we can share about that. So, last up, and I'm sorry, second to last up, God does the growing. We need to understand that God is the one who works in our lives. It's not us. But, of course, he does that through the Holy Spirit. He convicts in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit is going to convict them just like it did with me that day in 1993. Um, So God is the one that will convict through his Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, hey, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. So God has to work in their life. God has to work in their life to draw them. And one other thing is that discipleship also happens during God doing the growing part okay now we offer discipleship different programs here at church but discipleship is walking alongside somebody in daily life and helping them to see how that they can live their lives in such a way that pleases Jesus now there's a whole lot more to that and if you want to participate in any of those programs we can help you with that as well next up reaping the harvest this is pretty cool because as the scripture says sometimes you may reap 100 times 100 fold 60 30 fold but sometimes when we share the gospel with people, we have the privilege of being the one who leads them to the point where they're ready to trust Jesus for forgiveness of their sins. And, and I left this off here, but I added this on this morning, are willing to share the gospel with others around them. That's when the harvest is reaped, when they start doing what they do. So the thing, we never, uh, the thing is we never know again, like I talked about where someone is at in their progression of their walk with, uh, with Jesus or understanding who Jesus is. And as farmers know, the time between sowing and reaping can be months. It can be years. You could sow in the lives of your family and your relatives forever and ever and ever that were on the face of this earth and they may never come to know Jesus. But I do know of a fellow who died, and I can't remember how many years ago it was, he shared with the gospel with his family on a regular basis. He died of uh, a brain tumor. His family, and this, this is very wow for me, his extended family came to know Jesus through the funeral message that was given. That they were invited by somebody that was not him to receive the gospel. Because we have to understand that sometimes like Jesus... We can't preach to those that are closest to us. Somebody else has to, because they know who we are. They've seen our faults. They've seen all our mistakes and all those things. But understand that sometime, somewhere along the way, somebody can reap that harvest. So why do we share the gospel? Well, we share the gospel to obey God, of course. And in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, it says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, we just saw today, young lady, she's sitting right there somewhere, or she was anyways, yes, Annie, somebody took the time to share with her what it means to obey Christ by being Baptized somebody did that that's discipleship that's teaching to observe all that he's commanded us so that's why we share the gospel we also share the gospel regularly because again faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of god next up we share the gospel to love others what do i mean love others i mean what 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 does that have to do with anything and we can understand that we don't want them to be separated from god for eternity we know What happens if you don't trust Jesus as your savior? We know they're going to spend eternity in hell, separated from God forever. So out of love for those. Also, and this is a really cool one, so that they can share in the joy that we have of being in a relationship with God, the one true God through Jesus Christ. So it's not just because we want to get a check mark and say, yep, I shared the gospel today. No, it's for their good and their betterment. Next up, and I don't have a slide for this, but I'm going to share this here. What stops people from sharing the gospel? Think about this. What stops people from sharing the gospel? I've looked and found different studies that say somewhere around 80% of people never, ever, ever share the gospel with anybody they know. With anybody. And people they don't know either. So this is a big deal. They're not out sharing the gospel. Why don't people share the gospel, you might ask? One, they have fear of rejection. People think, well, if, 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 if I share this with them, they're rejecting me. But we have to understand, they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting God. They're rejecting the Holy Spirit. And it talks about that that is the one sin that's unforgivable is, re- is blaspheming the Holy Spirit, which is saying, I do not want to come to faith in Jesus, Okay, another one that people throw out, and I do this, have done this in, in, my, in my early walk, I don't know how to share the gospel. People will say, I don't know how to share the gospel. Well, guess what? You do now. Everybody in this building knows how to share the gospel now. Get a gospel tract. You don't have to sit there and say, I don't know how to do this. Okay, what about uh, this question comes up a lot. I don't know how to answer their questions. So what do you do about that? Well, you take them to the scriptures or you bring them to us elders or you take them to somebody where you can get more information to them because we don't all have the answers but when in a multitude of counsel there's wisdom so we can help you uh, help them with their questions okay well some people say you know kevin i don't know the bible well enough again like i said you don't need to know a whole lot you need to know how to to read and share with them about 15 or 20 pages What about if I do it wrong? That's a question I've heard before. And you know what? That is something that we need to be concerned about because it is possible to leave out important parts of the gospel. But if you have one of these, it goes through all those steps because sometimes we leave Jesus on the cross or we don't explain to them how Jesus paid the penalty for everybody's sins. But if we have something like this, we can. Last one I hear and I've heard before is that people don't really understand the urgency of the need for the gospel to be out there. Now we know that people can die at any second. People can be in eternity in the blink of an eye or in the the flick of a finger. So there needs to be an urgency, especially as we see the day approaching where we know that Jesus is going to come back one day. And it's, it's looking more and more like that. Obviously, we're getting closer every day. We don't know exactly what day it will be, but we know it's getting closer. All right, last up for y'all, challenge. I'm going to give each of us two challenges, and of course, you got, I didn't put, any, put this on any paper or anything like that, but will we, each one of us, go out and sow the word in obedience to God's word as he commanded us in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, 20? Will we go do that? If we say no, that's on us. If we say yes, then God will equip us to do this. Last up, are we willing to go out of our comfort zone? You guys have been in a comfort zone. We've all been in a comfort zone where, man, I don't really want to go out and do this type of thing, whatever it is. But are we willing to, do, to get out of our comfort zone to potentially rescue someone from eternal separation from God? We do this, and, and this, is, this is one of the things that I talked about a few minutes ago. We do this knowing that the power is in the Word, not in us. And it talks about in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. So there you go with sowing the Word and so forth. There's a, it's a big process. You never know where somebody's at in that process, but it's our job and our duty to be obedient into doing our part on a regular basis. And we will see fruit because the scripture says so. So, next week, um, and this is the closing of my message. Next week, we're going to continue our biblical series with Elder Tom Piper bringing a message. He's going to be talking about some really cool stuff. He gave me a preview about it. You guys want to be here, you're going to hear some really cool stuff. So please bow with me in prayer, and then we'll we'll begin to leave. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for how your word is alive and powerful. I thank you that your word penetrates to heart and soul. And Lord, I ask that you would help each one of us to desire to share your word with those around us. We can share it through our our words, through uh, preaching preaching the scriptures to them. Or talking to them about scriptures. We can show it through our testimony. We can show it through our witness. Lord, there's so many ways we can point people to Jesus. Please give us those opportunities and desire to do so. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.